four words that turn summer into autumn. Notre Dame versus Michigan. Two giants who first clashed way back in 1887. For over a century, mud-covered golden domers have tussled with the guts and glue of the maize and blue. Epic battles punctuated by legendary names. Well, hello there, and welcome to the Fighting Wolverines podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Michael Keeley, and I'm here with me as always, Dan Large. Dan, how you doing? Doing great. How are you? I am doing well. The sun is shining outside, and uh, my dog is posted up right here next to me and like won't leave me alone. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> So th- things are good. Um, but today, we are going to talk about a few different things. Um, we're going to go over some general news for both Michigan and Notre Dame. Uh, some recruiting news, some coaching changes. Um, and then after that, we are going to go into, uh, we're going to go into some of our top five defensive players. We kind of laid that out and talk about them a little bit for both Notre Dame and Michigan. And then we are also going to go through our favorite, um, our team's favorite wins. So a couple of against each, each other. Yeah, against each other. Yeah, I should I should say that. So it'll um, <laughs> hopefully there are no fights that break out between Dan and I. Uh, we get to <laughs> sit. We get to sit here and listen to to someone talk bad about our teams. So it'll be interesting. But um, yeah. So let's get started, and Dan, I'll, I'll kick it over to you, uh, talk a little bit about some things happening around the Michigan program. Well, there, there was something new this week when it's been quiet for a long time. Uh, mm. They just hired a new defensive back coach mm. to replace Mo Linguist, who was only at Michigan for 100-something days. So, Yeah. It wasn't memorable at all. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That was a fairly decent – I mean, he was a good coach. I mean, we've talked a little bit about that. Um, He's a good recruiter and stuff, right? Yeah. He came over from Dallas Cowboys in the NFL, and he's pretty well known in the college level to be a good recruiter. Right. Um, And who's the guy they hired? What, What was his name? Steve Klinkscale. I hope I said that last name right. (laughs) And he was at Kentucky, correct? Yes. Okay. As the Uh, defensive back coach there as well. Yeah. And I think the report I saw said that he's being hired as the DB's coach and the passing game coordinator. Yeah. That was was the official hire. So. Some fancy um, term. Yeah, right. It all a bunch of – there's so many titles. I – I think also on his contract, second, third year of his three-year contract, he can be the co-defensive partner. So. Gotcha. Well, good for him. Hopefully things work out. I honestly don't blame linguists for leaving because if you see a head coaching job, you take it. Oh, yeah, for sure. So. I I never <clears> – I've I used to get upset when, when, our, when Notre Dame's coordinators would leave for a head coaching job, but it's like, you know, as you get a little older, you realize that that's, that's just what's best for their family. And, you know, that's why they're in this job. I mean, most coaches are, have aspirations of being a head coach at some point in their career. And if they throw their name in the hat and they end up getting, you know, chosen, you can't blame them for going. So um, wish him the best. Hopefully he does well. And uh, yeah. I barely knew him. Yeah. <laughs> you you didn't know him, you know, personally. No. You didn't you guys didn't talk on the phone and stuff? No. Okay. Um transition over to Notre Dame side. A few things of note. Uh Sunday, uh they got a commitment from a tight end named Holden Stays. He is from Westminster School in Oh my gosh, I should know this. I just wrote about it. I wrote an article about it. Um, I can't think of the the state he's from. Now I'm just drawing a complete blank. But uh, he's a four-star tight end, 
and uh, in two or in a week span, Notre Dame has gotten commitments from two different tight ends, and hanging on to that tradition of tight end U. Um, so, I think Holden Stays is a little bit higher rated player than Eli Raritan, who was the first tight end that committed um, about a week prior to him, and I would say, you know, he's gonna be. He's going to be really solid. I don't think he's going to be like a, you know, like a Kyle Pitts or, you know, he's going to be, or even like a Michael Mayer who, where, who's at Notre Dame right now. But he's going to be a really solid tight end that is going to be able to carry on that tradition. So um, he's from he's Atlanta. 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 That's what it was. Yeah. He's a Georgian, Georgia native. I, I should have, I've, I've written so many articles in the last week. I think I've written four that like, Especially with the most recent one that I I, I read I wrote up I can't speak um, was about a bunch of is my big board for all the recruits that Notre Dame has uh, in their sights and that I think that they have a decent shot of landing. So I was going through all these different kids and looking up where they were from. So I had a bunch of different uh, cities and states in my head. Um, but yeah, I think that you know he's gonna he's gonna do well, and I'm excited to see what he does. Um, in the next few years. Um, and then last but not least, I think this hopefully is the last time that I talk about uh, Jordan Johnson, but he officially, as of like two hours ago, three hours ago or so, he committed to uh, the University of Central Florida. And, you know, wish him the best. No, you he don't. is. <laughs> I do. I really do. He's, he was highly recruited every, I mean, he was the, he was the constant like message boards were blowing up all the time about him not playing. And he was, he was the source of many disagreements between Notre Dame fans. And it was just like that we don't see everything that goes on in practice and how, I mean, and Notre Dame is just different. Like, there's a there's an academic side to it. There's a like, it's not you know I don't think it was one of the Ohio State players that he said that he's not here to play school. Um, it was one of their defensive linemen a couple of years ago, but uh, yeah. So he's gonna go to UCF, and I'm sure he'll do well. And and then every Notre Dame fan that um, blew up message boards will have some sort of opinion on why. Notre Dame didn't play him. Yeah. He's going to uh, Gus Malzone offense. Yeah, and I mean he'll probably do well. Like he's a good he was a really high highly rated player and you know UCF is a good program. They've had a real they've had really explosive offenses over the and they have a returning quarterback, don't they? I'm um, not sure. I think it's not Mackenzie Milton because he went to Florida State, but Well you might have UCF mixed up. Central Florida, not South Florida. That's been good. No, it's yeah. He was going to Central Florida. Oh, I thought USF. Wow, no. I was wrong. <laughs> no, he's going to Central Florida, and it's Dylan Gabriel. That's the quarterback I'm thinking of. Yeah. Okay. Now the name sounds familiar. Yeah. Yep. It's so, UCF. Yeah. yeah. So he's gonna be, you know, he'll 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 do fine, and I wish him the best. But um, no, you don't. I do. I do. <laughs> I mean, as long as we don't play him, <laughs> match up with him in a in a bowl game or something. Tears you to shreds. Yeah, that would be. You just I think, don't know when players transfers. You don't know what the behind the scenes are with coaches yeah. and all that. Yeah, I, I don't know. Anyway, we're gonna move on. Move that's on. gonna that's gonna be the last time we talk about Jordan Johnson, hopefully. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it. Recruiting is just steady. We're, you know, Notre Dame is, there's, I got a lot of guys on the big board. And um, I, I think that once, like we've said this last week, that official visits are going to start happening in like early to middle June. And, or that's where a majority of them are happening. And you're going to see commitments happen like crazy. So. Yeah. Michigan has a couple on, started on June 4th. And as the month goes on, there's more and more. Right. Yeah, so um, let's let's jump in, transition into the top five defensive players, and we're gonna set this up. Uh, and we're gonna set it up like 
We'll go five through one, and then we'll just take turns. So I'll go five. My fifth defensive player, you go your fifth, I go fourth, so on and so forth, just so our listeners aren't confused. These are based on our favorites. Yeah, it's not like there's no stats. There's no like, because I, you know, I'm sure someone's going to be like, whoa, so and so had better stats. Like, no, it's just about From the 1970s. In- I don't. Yeah, it's, it's just someone it's just it's literally guys we enjoyed and for me it's gonna be i mean i get i'm looking at my list and everybody on my on my list is 2005 because and above is because that's when i started watching notre dame so yeah and also if i had to rank all the players majority are off so i had to really think for the defense i got i i got through about three and i was like and then four and five were kind of tough i was like i don't like yeah my top two were easy but the other three i couldn't really i don't know toss up i can guess who your top two are but you will know one of them but you will not know number two i guarantee it all right well let's jump (laughs) into it um i'll go first starting with notre dame uh number five is I'm I have Jeremiah Awusu Koromoa, and for those listening, you're um, you know him. He I hope he just he literally just left the program and was drafted <laughs> by the Cleveland Browns. Um, and this was tough because like I threw around a couple different names for this fifth spot. I thought about I thought about Lewis Nix, rest in peace. Um, I because I really did I wasn't like a sentimental thing I actually really I loved Lewis I thought he was he was fun to listen to his interviews just because he had so much personality um but man I just think back on this this last year and the big plays that that Jeremiah had with you know the where he snatched the ball from ETN and and took it to the house and that Clemson game and he caused another um fumble uh, I think it was not long after that in that same half. And then, you know, his he had that m- monster hit against Florida State where he read a play, a, just a pitch into the backfield and just crushed the dude. Um, and he just was a good – I mean, he was a good guy. I, I don't know him personally, but follow him on social media. And he's like – you know, he seems – every time I watch interviews with him, he just seems like a humble human. And – but he's just – He's an animal when he puts on the helmet. So I really, I really enjoyed watching him play, and I loved his story coming from um, being a three star, and no one really knew who he was, and then all of a sudden, in the last two years, he just jumped on the scene and started playing lights out football. So he's my number five. What about you? My number five was a walk on back in two thousand eight. His uh-huh. name was Jordan Kovacs. Oh, okay, I remember Jordan. I mean. A pretty good feel-good story for a college athlete. Not mm-hmm. really recruited. I think he was recruited by one Division One school, Toledo. Yeah. Oh, okay. So he came on, just walked on, tried out, and he. One year he was second in the Big Ten in tackles and made freshman All-American. He didn't really make first team Big Ten or anything. He was just a solid starter for right. that time, of course. Because he played under Rich Rod and Brady Hoke. Yeah, those were great years. <laughs> <laughs> well, we beat you in '09. <laughs> I was gonna say I can't. There was like a there was a three years. So, yeah, yeah. We'll, t- we'll get into that later. You you slow your roll. <laughs> um, yeah, I do remember him. I do. I remember that name. He was nominated for I didn't know there's an award called the Rudy Award. Oh really? I guess it just goes to. Is that like a, a college a college football award? Yeah. Oh, cool. I didn't know that. He was nominated for it, which makes sense because mm. he had more tackles than Rudy. <laughs> you know what's funny, and this is super off. I mean, it's not off topic because we just said Rudy, but I've heard. And I, I don't mean to burst any Notre Dame fans' bubble, but I have heard that the whole um, he's Rudy, an ass. Well, no, I just have heard that he <laughs> he was uh, 
it was all like fake. Like it was all set up. That whole last play where he where he you know got he tackled the who the guy in the backfield. Yeah. Okay. And then and like they carried him car- off the field. Yeah, it was like was a, a joke. joke. Like like the like the good players were like, hey, let's just mess with Rudy and like and like make him feel good and it's like and then they made this like great movie. sports yeah. sports movie about it and stuff. So I've always thought that was kind of funny. Wasn't a Mike Golick's son on the team or Mike Golick? Mike Golick was. Yeah. Mike Golick Jr., he was in, like, the early 2010s. Okay, I was way off then. <laughs> no, you're right about Mike, Mike Golick. It was but... Golick, yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, I'll jump into number four here for Notre Dame, and I went with Drew Tranquil. Um, I, you know, Drew's a cool dude because uh, he's a believer, and I, he's not. he doesn't hide it. He actually just started a podcast, and I can't think of the name of it i should i've actually been meaning to check it out but he talks about you know just faith and football and stuff and it's pretty cool to see you know he was another guy that he switched positions and i think it was from his i think it was his junior to senior year and he went from safety he'd been playing safety and then he kind of he just kind of bulked up he got got to the point where he just wasn't fast enough at his size and he moved to a linebacker. And then that was the 2018 year where they went to the college football playoff and um, lost to Clemson in the semifinal. And he, I mean, he was amazing. Just lights out, like, like Uwusu Kormo, just all over the place. And I, what I think I loved most about him was his leadership. He was a captain. He was, you know, a fiery guy. He was constantly leading, leading his uh, teammates on the defensive side of the ball. And yeah, I just I've I don't always remember admired. him. I've always well, and it's funny too. His because uh, we're you know we're both from West Michigan. His brother played safety at Western, okay. um, and he was he was a part of that that team that was good in 2016. I think he was like a sophomore or a fre- freshman or sophomore on that team. PJ Flex last year. Yeah, and so. Um, it, I mean, it ran in the family, obviously, but yeah, now he plays Drew Tranquil plays for the Chargers and he was hurt this last year. I think he had an ACL tear, some with his knee and um, he's rehabbing. I've seen some videos of him and he looks like he's coming back strong because he actually had a pretty good rookie season and uh, he was a big player on special teams. And then he started to sneak into the defensive lineup here and there. And then as he went into this season, I, he was starting to really take hold of, I think I, he may have been a starter. I, I can't remember. I don't follow the NFL terribly close, closely, but, um, but yeah, he just a, seems like a cool dude and I enjoyed his leadership. So he has a podcast. He's moving up and he has a podcast. All right, my number four, he's the most recent player on my list that played 2016 through 2018 is Devin Bush, okay, linebacker. Right. I remember him his freshman year. He was only on the special teams. But he kind of stood out because of the long braided hair and all that and dreadlocks or whatever. And he just flew those a ball. They said he was the hardest hitter on the team. And during that time, Peppers was on the team. And uh, McCray and all that. So, I mean, he just stood out in that first year. And look what he did after that. Yeah. <laughs> Took off, for yeah. sure. He had a really good NFL start of his career, rookie of the year and all that, before he got hurt. Yeah, that was a bummer. Yeah. He he was perfect for the Don Brown system. You need those really fast guys at linebacker, or the Viper, he would call it. Right. But we don't get those anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Not right now, at least. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty much about Devin Bush. <laughs> All right. Um, number three for me, uh, for Notre Dame, I went with Tom Zibikowski. The boxer. Yeah. Um, this was, so for me, this is like super nostalgic. I went through 
and did highlights of my top 10 overall Notre Dame players um, from my time of what, like following the program. And I can't remember what number he was on my list, but it was fun going back through the old highlights. And he was, it was just fun because he was just such an unexpecting, like athlete. Like he returned punts and he was this like, like safety that was kind of built like a linebacker. And I mean, he was fearless. He would just, (laughs) he would catch punts with one dude right in his face and he would just make a mess. And he would just, I mean, he'd bust them pretty often. He had a, I think it was one game he had, I don't think it was two total touchdowns, but he had one for sure against USC and he had one against Tennessee. Um, And those were both, amazing returns and the USC was the that the game with the bush push um grass was high yeah right should have should have cut it a little lower yeah we had to slow reggie down um but yeah he was he was awesome and then he was also a a boxer a lot of people don't know this but if you go back if or if you want to search his highlights um for boxing he was actually pretty good I had heard that he was a golden glove boxer. I don't think that's true, but I don't know how you become a golden glove boxer. Um, Does he box now? No, I don't think so. I don't even. I think he'd be a little too old for it. (laughs) I mean, I guess Mike Tyson did just fight again, didn't he? But yeah, um, come back all the time. Yeah, but yeah, he was a he was a boxer, which also you know kind of leads into that toughness aspect. As well, I mean, you got to be tough if you're going to be a boxer. So, yeah, number three for me was Tommy Z. I remember him. He was a yeah. He was overrated. Oh my gosh, <laughs> you Michigan fans! <laughs> I won't even go into the. You'll overrated. agree. Number one is overrated. I'm pretty sure my number one. <laughs> Oh, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait to hear I doubt it. it but... <laughs> <laughs> All right, go ahead. Number three for you. My number three is Lamar Woodley. Mm. You remember not, him? Not overrated. <laughs> yeah. He was a beast. <laughs> he, was, he was good. Well, he was one of the ones that, like, out of all these guys, I mean, the, my first two were, they're still kind of making a name for themselves, but yeah, that, like, he... actually translated to the NFL. Yeah, Woodley – has actually had a career in the NFL. He retired in 2015. One great memory was the old six game against Notre Dame. He picked the ball off and ran it back. I remember that. That's awful, right? Terrible. Terrible. He won all kind of awards for defense player of the year. The Bednarik Award. I think mm-hmm. that's the top defense alignment. That 06 season, that was the last really good Michigan team, I think, that was competing at the high level. That was with Henny and, and – Yeah. And uh, Mike Hart. Mike Hart, Manningham, Breston, Jason Avant, Woodley. Uh, I'm drawing a blank already. Alan Branch. They had a lot of guys on their team that yeah. went on to play the NFL. Right. My previous two, Bush is too young, only in his second year, and Kovacs, he was in the league for four years but never really played. He's actually a coach. I forgot to mention that. Who is? That's Cincinnati. Kovacs. Oh, really? He's been coaching. Nice. So Very that's nice. my number three. All right. Well, number two for me uh, is this. So one and two for me could be interchanged. Um, and I'm going to go with number two is Manti Teo. And I know there's a, yeah, yeah, there's, I think, I think people who don't know, like follow football know who he is, but unfortunately there was a lot of controversy around the, his senior season with, you know, having a fake girlfriend and all that. and um, But nonetheless, all the outside noise aside, 
dude, dude could play some linebacker. He was, he was really, really talented. Uh, he was one of the highest rated high school recruits um, that Notre Dame ever signed. I think he was like a, he was like a 99 um, overall rating. I think the only one that was higher than him may have been Jalen Smith and Jimmy Clausen was like the highest rated, pretty sure. But um, yeah, I he was amazing. I in that 2012 year, I they when they went to the national championship and got curb stomped by Alabama. They Who uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> they or he had a memorable season. I mean. Well, I mean, he was in the Heisman race as a linebacker. I mean, there was definitely some – there was a case for him that he, he could have won it. And he just – I mean, interceptions all over the field, played with a ton of energy. He's a solid leader. Um, he came out of Hawaii, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, he was Hawaiian. And I don't remember where he played high school ball. Um, I'm pretty sure it was, he was from, he was from Hawaii. Like he played high school ball in Hawaii. Cause sometimes uh, like at least lately, the, a lot of the Hawaiian players are coming out of like California area, but, um, yeah, so he was, he was a lot of fun to watch. And then he ended up going into the NFL. He was drafted by the chargers or the saints. I chargers. Can't remember. Uh, was it? I know he played for he- both of them. Can't remember who he picked him. Well, he actually—I think it was Char- the Chargers. I think it was the Chargers. He did really well. He started out. I mean, he was—he was like their leading tackler for one year, and then I don't know if it was injuries or what, but he ended up getting traded to the Saints, I believe. Yeah. And he had a lot of injuries. Yeah. And, and then he ended up going on, and he's been kind of a nomad since then. But uh, he ended up. I remember he got signed onto the Bears uh, for the playoff game this last year, and I remember watching the wild card game, and I was like, "Dude, like he is everywhere. He was all over the field. He was in every single play. It felt like." And I was like, "Man, I feel like this dude could still play. Like, if you know, obviously he's got that negative, you know, asterisk next to his name because of all the outside noise, but but dude could play some football." He was good. Yeah. I the Heisman trophy, it should it's a quarterback award and offense. It's, yeah. It sucks that's only one defensive player, even though it's my guy. But I voted for Sue. I thought Sue was amazing when he played college ball. Yeah, he's easily the most dominant player that year. Yeah. If I had to vote, I'd probably just vote for the defensive player, whoever it was. Just yeah, just because. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, go ahead to number two. My number two is the guy I don't think you've never heard of is Glenn Steele. I can't say that I have. Exactly. He played from ninety. He played in the nineties. He he was on the national championship team in ninety seven. Uh, I remember he stood out because he wore an odd number, kind of like Lewis Nix. Hmm. And doesn't to it for Notre Dame. He, then he wore number four. He, he was number nine. Or you know, an odd number for a defensive yeah. lineman. Glenn right. Steele wore number eighty-one. Oh, it was to a number nine. I can't remember. I think he was. Anyways, doesn't matter. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> that was the first thing I remember from him, and he pretty much set the tone for the championship season. He had four tackles for loss in the opener against Colorado. In that season, Michigan had the number one defense. And uh, yeah. he crushed Penn State. First play of game, he sacked. That, mm-hmm. After that, the crowd was quiet in Penn State. And Michigan dominated that game, blew him out. Nice. Yeah. Didn't have an NFL career. And he's actually not – he played high school ball not far away in Indi- Ligonier, Indiana. Okay, I've seen I've West seen Noble signs. High School. Yeah, I know West Noble. I know that name. So cool. he, he played right down the road. 
Yeah. Interesting. Um, number one for me, I mentioned his name in the last one, but uh, Jalen Smith is Rudy. my number one. Oh. <laughs> Rudy, Rudy's my number one. I would say, like I said, Jalen Smith and Manti were both, uh, I'd say, you know, 1A, 1B for me. I love Jalen Smith, though. He was so athletic. Like, I mean, from sideline to sideline, I don't think I've ever seen a linebacker move as quickly as him. I wanted the and, Lions to draft him. Yeah, well, the, so that, that, time. Was, that brings me to my next thing with him was, like, <clears throat> the, the thing that I liked about him was they when he got he got hurt in the bowl game against Ohio State his senior or whatever year he came out or his junior senior year but he like a lot of guys at that time it was starting to become a norm to to sit your bowl game and he didn't like and it wasn't like we were playing for a you know a BCS national championship I don't remember what it was when it, when he left but if it was or if it was the playoff yet or not but um. He could have just been like, yeah, guys, you know, I'm going to sit this one out because he was projected to be, you know, top 15 pick. And he he went out there, played with his teammates, and he got hurt and, like, like bad, like, to the point where he, he had, like, hurt, like, nerve – he had, like, nerve damage in his knee, and they were talking about how he might not, never play again. Like, it was really serious, and he had to have, like, a really invasive surgery – and then, miraculously, like, he started, you know, rehabbing and everything started coming back together. And um, and he was drafted eventually in the second round by the Cowboys. Jerry Jerry saw fit to <laughs> to take a risk on Jalen, and, and it worked out. Because, I mean, he's been, in the last couple of years, he's been, I would say, at least top 10 linebacker in the NFL. He's been really, really good. So When did he graduate? Or moved on. Was I, that 2016? I think it was 15 or 16. I can't remember which one. But or which yeah, I, I wanted the Lions to draft him, but knowing the Lions, he would sign with the with Detroit and probably be a flop. Yeah, or his his injury would have. Yeah, or he would right. decide I'm going to retire. <laughs> yeah, after five seasons. Oh. We know about that all too well. Yeah, I remember Jalen. He was really good. Yeah, he was. I mean, he was one of, like I said, one of the highest rated recruits coming out of high school, and he was. Uh, he was from Indy, Indianapolis, uh, somewhere, somewhere in Indiana. I don't know. He was a fairly no. He's from Fort Wayne. Sorry. No, not too and, far. Yeah, and so he, you know, went to ND and flat out tore it up. He was. He was good. So um, he was kind of the Devin Bush. On my yeah, yeah. Two good linebackers right there. Speedy, speedy backers that sideline to sideline could hit you. Not the crap. Uh, yeah, for real. <laughs> All right, number one for you. I kind of gave it away when I said I voted for defensive players to win Heisman. So yeah. number one's Woodson. I mean. Mm. The only defensive player to win the Heisman. Freshman year, he intercepted Ohio State twice, and Ohio State was number two in the country. That was back in the day when Michigan would beat Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Uh, he won every award in the Heisman year. Yeah. I think Tail kind of matched it, if I remember right. Matched what? The awards for defensive player. Manti Teo. Yeah. yeah, he did. Or he beat Woodson in it in the category. I can't remember. I'm not but, sure. I think him and him and him and Jalen Smith both won the the Buckus Award. I know that. Well, Woodson wouldn't get the Buckus. He won the oh. defensive back, Jim Thorpe Award, the Bednarik, Nogarski, and the Walter Camp. I think. I mean, it's quite a low for one player. Yeah. <laughs> and the high now he's a hall of famer <laughs> yeah he's of famer a, on my list he's another one that yeah I, that's it's funny you mentioned that he he i mean he's another one like along with lamar woodley that have translated well solid careers and yeah he made big plays and 
big games and all that. That's something that Michigan hasn't had, offense and defense aside. That's, yeah, I think that's kind of where like I get annoyed with big like, difference Notre, from with like championship level teams and yeah, like Notre Dame players. Like, I mean, my list is cool. Like, you know, I think there's to me they're great players, but it's like, have they made like like program defining wins or anything? It's like. I mean, I guess yeah. it's hard, kind of hard to do that on defense, I should say. Offense is, it's, you know, you're more likely to have players like that. But it's like, no, they didn't really. Especially in today's game, you need to have explosive offense. I've said that before. How yeah. recently, the last three years. It is pretty crazy how. All the teams how... that made the playoffs averaged over 42 points per game. Only Notre Dame last year was the only team that didn't make that number. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's definitely an offensive world right now. So, I mean, you got to have good defense, but. Do you have uh, any honorable mention for Uh, your top five? Not really. I would say, I mean, like I mentioned, Lewis Nix would be one. Um, I really liked, I really liked Sheldon Day. He was another defensive lineman. Um, but yeah, that's, I like Julian Love was a really great cornerback. I like, and really enjoyed watching him. He's doing well in the NFL right now for the Giants, but that's pretty much it. How about you? Uh, Jabril Peppers. I'm surprised he wasn't on your top five. I mean, I like Jabril, but I don't know. There was something that pissed me off at the end of his career where he went playing the bowl game. Mm. You were mentioning Jalen Smith got hurt in the bowl game. Yeah. Same thing happened to Jake Bud. Oh, yeah. He decided to play against Florida State in the Orange Bowl that year. Instead of sitting out, he tore his knee. And it hurt his draft stock, and he hasn't been the same since. I think he's on the roster, though. Yeah, it definitely. I mean, I guess there there is some, you know, there is something to, you know, maybe you might get hurt or something like that. But I don't know. I just, I guess for me, and I, maybe I would feel differently if I were actually in that position. But I, I don't know. I, I just would rather go out and play. Like you spend. Most of the time, it's, you know, an upperclassman, like, or it is an upperclassman because they got to spend three years in college. So it's like, I, for me, it's just, it would be tough to spend all that time with my teammates and then to look them in the eye and just be like, sorry, guys, like, I'm going to bail on this one. Hope you go out there. And, you know, obviously they're going to be a good player if they're going to get drafted. So, like, you're, you're pulling away one of your best players off of whether it be off offense or defense. And it's like, I don't know. I just I don't I don't like it. But yeah, that was a 2018 Karan Higdon, the running back from Michigan. He decided to set out the bowl game. I remember that Florida. He didn't even get drafted. Yeah, yeah. That kind of stuff is so dumb. So stupid. I mean, I get the idea of you know you're protecting yourself in a way. Yeah, but even then though, like. You could you could get hurt walking across the street. You get hit by a car. I don't know, man. That's like that's probably drastic and probably unrealistic. Let's not go that far. Yeah, maybe not getting hit by a car, but you could. I mean, you could get injured doing so many other things, and it's like, like you got to go out and play. Like if you're finish out the season. Yeah, if you're if you're a football player, like you got to go out and ball. Like that's just that's that's just the way it should be, in my opinion. Again, I'm not in this position, but if I were. And, I think and that's a like big a, problem in today's game. It's lost a lot of – the bowl games have lost a lot of, you know, mojo because players opt out. I think that that is a big reason. And I just – yeah, I don't know. I I feel like if I were a, like a general manager of an NFL team and I saw that – now, granted, if it's like a – if it's an – if it's like a number one overall pick and his team is 
top ten not, pick. Yeah, or not, not playing his, for a championship. Or yeah, anything. or his his team. Yeah, his team is like you know playing in the you know the Alamo Bowl. Then it's like, all right, like I understand that, but like if you're playing in a New Year's Six Bowl and you sit and you're like a first round, second round pick, I don't know. I don't like that. But anyway, moving on. That was our top five defensive players. And uh, next week we're going to do top five offensive. So keep your ears out for that one. Um, Let's look at the next deal here is going to be our favorite games um, and favorite wins, obviously, for our, our program. And I have that you are going first. Would you like to go first, Dan? Why would I pick a loss? <laughs> right. That 2014 game, wow. <laughs> yeah. Not not good for you guys. 2019 game for you, wow. You were in the rain. Oh, I talked about that last week. I yeah. Or, that yeah, that last episode. Yeah. All right, you want to jump in with your four? My four? I try to think of the really good games between the two. I mean, there was a couple of blowouts that I really enjoyed. Same thing for you, probably. Right? Yeah. It's, a, it's weird, like, looking back at the games, there's not any, like, really super, like, close, good games. Like, there were a couple of close games, 91 to 94, that went down to the wire. One was one won by a last-second last field goal. And the other one the other was one famous was for the Elvis Gerbach fourth, fourth down touchdown, touchdown pass to Desmond, Desmond Howard. Howard. The first one the first I came one up, I came with, up with, with would have been 2009. This isn't this on, is the on the list. I just remembered <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah. The one shining moment for don't, a Michigan quarterback, Tate Forsley. I was going to say, don't say his name. He could have been so good if he put in work. Uh, he was I kind of like the poor man's Shea Patterson. He was the – I don't even know what – like. He would have oh. been perfect for people to hate like you would hate on. I remember watching that game, and I'm just like – I'm like, this guy is going to beat us. Yeah, Like, right. he's going to drive down the field and win this game, and, like, he sucks. Like <laughs> – I don't know um, how I forgot that game. But that was horrifying. Was I was with I was with a bunch of my friends, and when I, we were house sitting at a my one of my parents' friends' house, and they had a really nice bar set up, and we were in there just like watching the game. And it was me. I was I think I was one of two Notre Dame fans, and there was like six Michigan fans. And I remember just that that drive. I just like literally walked over to the corner of the, like the bar area. And I was just like, I'm not watching. Like I literally can't watch this, this terrible quarterback. Just pick our defense apart. Like we were like JV players. And, and then his interview after the game, they asked him if he was like nervous. He's like, no, I never get nervous. (laughs) It's like, bro, shut up. You like, you're not good. (laughs) He turned out he wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. He wasn't. Who was right behind him, Denard Robinson. Yeah. Who had a great game the next year, but... Shoelace. Yeah. Yeah, they, they said Tate Forcier would rather go out during the summer, play golf, instead of, you know, working on his game. They said the same thing about Shea Patterson, too. Yeah, you Wolverines are good at, you know, picking yeah. those QBs. Yeah. <laughs> But I was suck at Jimmy Clausen. Can't stand that guy. Here we go. This is what I was hoping for when we started two, this podcast. Two douchebag quarterback going at. Let's <laughs> let's go back and forth right now. Let's the the gloves are off. Should we end the segment? Um, go on. <laughs> no, I I this is what this is for, man. We're right. there's no we don't secret have to that go through all four. You can just name some rivalry there's, games. There's no there's no secret that Notre Dame and Michigan fans hate each other. So why should we pretend? <laughs> um so yeah i you kind of named all yours right ish yeah, or have you gone much. through one one by one 
Um, well, you go yeah. through one, and I'll mention the other one. Okay. Yeah, I so I wrote down. I would say I don't like I don't really have like a. I mean, I always love to beat Michigan. Wait, I have two more. You have two more. Yeah. Do you want me to keep going, or you want to go? You go ahead. Keep going. All right. I would say I wrote down some notes just for a couple of these. Um, I would say my favorite game overall was probably 2018 because I was. I was actually I wasn't at the game, but I was in South Bend, and uh, we tailgated, and then we ended up so we got an Airbnb for um, the whole weekend, and then so we we figured we'd just tailgate the game, and then we go back to the Airbnb and watch and watch them play, and uh, my good buddy who is a diehard Michigan fan, he went to U of M, graduated from there, and I remember I enjoyed nothing more than just like screaming in his face every time we scored a touchdown. <laughs> um, Notre Dame won the game 24-17. And it was weird. It was like, you know, they jumped out quick, and we Notre Dame scored a bunch. You know, they, they jumped up, and it was like, oh, it's going to be a blowout. And then 21-3. Yeah, it just kind of came back. And it never really felt like it was a close game necessarily. Like, I think Michigan had a, a chance to maybe, like, tie it at the end. But it just yeah. never felt like it was going to happen. It was always like, oh, you know. It was kind of like they they just kind of came in like mop up duty and they all oh, it's like oh they actually have a chance to tie it up <laughs> yeah but never ended up happening so um the great Shea Patterson's first career start he had cramps should have kept Devin McCaffrey in the game oh man yeah I was so nervous I get so nervous whenever Notre Dame plays Michigan just because I have so many friends and family that are Michigan fans that I know that. They, everyone knows I'm a huge ND fan, and they'll just never let me hear the end of it. So um, I always get real I, – I want those bragging rights real bad. So um, we can go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I know, right. So 30 or 20 – I hope they move it up. I think they it, will someday. They better. That's just way too long to wait for that. Well, you, you get on the phone and you call Harbaugh up. <laughs> Be like, Harbaugh, I'm the new head coach. Hey, I can do it on NCAA 14, so I can do it in real life. I'm pretty sure. That's right. That's right. <laughs> you said you had another game? Yeah, I got to go with the GOAT. His last season in 99 against Notre Dame, Tom Brady. Uh, of course, Notre Dame shot themselves under Bob Davey as the head coach. What a shocker. Dummy. They had the game, and uh, Notre Dame, when they took the lead, they were flagged for excessive celebration. I didn't think it was a penalty. I remember this because I just rewatched the game not too yeah. long ago. I don't – I'm – like, it's hard for me because, like I said, I don't – before 2000, I mean, I guess four kind of – I watched a little watched a little bit in 2004 and then I like really started watching in 05. And so before that, I really don't have a whole lot, like I know some of the famous players obviously, but I so people who listen to this are probably and that are older like are, you know, my cousins. They're probably going to, you know, hate me for saying certain things because they'll be like, "Well, there was never any close games." And then they're like, "Uh, yeah, there was." Like <laughs> cuz when they were watching Notre Dame in their heyday, like there were good games between Notre Dame and Michigan, but really ever since I've started watching, the games have been, I mean, the good games have honestly, like the close games have ended up in a Michigan win. So I usually don't. Well, I can, off top of my head, I can think of three Michigan beatdowns, and I can think of two Notre Dame blowouts. Yeah. Well, 2014 beat one. I have that on my list. Yeah. Can't think of the other one, though. I think it was when Rich Rod was coach. When Notre Dame dominated him. Yeah. 2018 could have been a – it was a seven-point blow in a way. Yeah. Um, let's go – that's a good segue into my 2014 game, um, the 31 to nothing uh, win against the – or win at South Bend. 
And that was like the that was the last game before they had the that hiatus and didn't yeah. play for a couple of years. Um, I wrote down Everett Golson had three touchdowns, and that was weird. That was a weird year for Everett because he had. And he just came back, didn't he? Yeah, so he was out for he was suspended for 2013 after leading then, them to the national championship. Yeah, 2012. I mean, I I say that pretty lightly considering that like. He was not, solid for that year, but oh man, he was. He was I, I thought he was. I was so excited about him, and and then 2014 he came back in our offense. You know, we had good running backs, we had some you know solid receivers, and it just he just wasn't the same player. He's turned the ball over, but against Michigan, um, he had three touchdowns, and I'll never forget the uh, Brian Van Gorder. Where he came like running out onto the field and he's like flexing and like yelling and screaming and and you know to Notre Dame fans, we thought he was. We're gonna shut coming. everyone out. It was like, oh my god! Like this dude is unbelievable. He's the most you know. We got a great D coordinator, and then it was just like downhill after that. Progressively, just got so much worse. What was their record um, in 2014? That is a wonderful question. I know Michigan uh, was five and seven. That was um, post last season. I can look it up. Two thousand Give me one moment. Say they were eight or nine wins. Eight and five. Yeah. Or eight and five that year. Oh, there's old Brian Brian Van Gorder, Uncle Rico. <laughs> yeah, so that was that was a fun game though, regardless of of you know the false hope that Brian Van Gorder gave all Notre Dame fans. It was still a fun game, and um, it's always fun to shut out Michigan. So, well, you had a, we had a long streak of Notre Dame versus Michigan, I think from 2002 to 2014. Yeah. Then we had a four-year hiatus. So we had bragging rights for those years. Then we no, got you... back and playing. We were one no, and one. Now you have, have the bragging. Now you have no. the bragging rights. Yeah, if you look, you should go look at the rivalry from the 2010s, 2000s, 90s, and 80s. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's even, completely yeah, it's even. even. The eighties, yeah, I know Notre Dame had the winning record. Then after that, it was kind of tied. I think Michigan was four and three in the two thousand tens. Yeah, you look at from ninety three, ninety. Well, I should say ninety four to two thousand nine. Really, Notre Dame was just like. Yeah, like 2005, 2006, under White Weiss's first two years, they were good offensively, but their defense was just horrendous. So, and the longest win streak taken away when they first played in 1800s or whatever. Yeah, Michigan won. I think the first six. That's when Notre Dame was first becoming a football team. And the South End and all that. The longest winning streak after that is four. Lou Holtz won four straight. I remember that. Yeah. Um, I have two more games written down. We got seven minutes to record. All right. Well, I'll fly through these quick. Um, so, 2005 was the Charlie Weiss era. That was the first year of the Charlie Weiss era. And he beat Michigan. And we always played Michigan early on. So it was like, you know, everyone was like, okay, like, you know, he's checking off all the boxes. He's beating the teams he's supposed to beat. And and then we only, you know, only to realize that he was a terrible head coach. Are you still paying him? Uh, no. <laughs> that, that, <laughs> ended a, that ended a few, few years okay, ago. Okay, I didn't know. You know, it went on for way too long. That was ridiculous. But, um, and then my other one was 2012, which it was 
It was oh, fun slop. because it was a sloppy defensive game. Oh my game. gosh! Like Notre Dame, like honestly, either neither four team turnovers. Deserved, yeah, neither team deserved to win that game. Like you had, I mean, Denard Robinson threw four interceptions. Like if you, I think their running back even threw an interception. Yeah, it was like, how do you have thirteen points and you've intercepted a team four times? Like you have to be. And that was the other thing that I wrote down too, was that was like, that was the theme of 2012 for the most part. Towards the end of the year, Everett Golson finally, you know, matured a little bit, but it was like Everett Close Golson games. would start, well, he'd start games and then he would throw a pick and then what, um, Kelly would bring in Tommy Reese and Tommy Reese would, would close out. He was like a baseball closer. <laughs> he would come in and he would finish off the deal and, um, which worked out. I mean, I think it was fine, but it just, I don't know that game. It was, I wrote it, I put it down just because it was a, it was a win and it was, I mean, Manta had BCS championship year. So. Yeah, it was, it was, a, it was a fun year, but no team really deserved to win that game. <laughs> so yeah, those are my four 2012, 2014, 2018 and 2005. So. We didn't we didn't mention the great under the lights game. But. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to mention that. <laughs> what a memorable! That's crazy. Oh uh, yeah, that another was another game. Notre Dame should have won. That was another one of those deals where I was just like, I was watching Denard. Like I remember, I remember specifically watching our cornerbacks and being like, "Why are you so far off of these receivers?" They left. Junior Hemingway wide open in the middle of like, the field. It was like they stopped playing defense. Jeremy Gallon like, and all of them. It was like I, I get playing like prevent, like you don't want to give up a huge like a touchdown, but you gotta play defense. I hate to prevent defense. I hate that. Like, you, I don't. I'm not expecting you to play like like man to man press coverage, but like you should be like you should be up and you should be like at least like I don't know five seven yards off the ball. Yeah. And, I don't know, our line of scrimmage, and and I don't know. That just to me that seems more reasonable. But they were like, they were giving them like ten, fifteen yards, and it was like, okay, like they're just gonna run little, you know, hitch, hitch routes and hit them, and then it was just like one one after another right down the field, and then yeah, Denard dropped back on that one play and threw it to the corner, and I was just like, this is happening. He's about to catch this for a touchdown and win the game, and sure enough. One thing I remember for that game, when Notre Dame was up 24-7, they were going into the fourth quarter. Michigan was driving. It was inside the 10. It was a weird play. Denard drops the ball. Mm-hmm. And he just picks it up and walks in or something like that. Yeah, I, like, I do Here remember we go. that. We're coming back. Yeah. Because <laughs> we had – sometimes in football, you need those breaks in games. Yeah. Especially show if you – especially teams that have championship runs as well. You just need to have goal line stands and all this ball bounces in your lap. Yeah. Well, good for Denard. He had seven interceptions the last two games against Notre Dame. Yeah, I did. And four touchdowns. <laughs> he had three in that game alone, 2011. And yeah. Notre Dame got revenge in the next year. So. Ah, <laughs> uh, yep. Going back through it is a little bit gut wrenching for me at times, but you know, hopefully they set something up soon and. And they play before twenty thirty two, and and we can we can do a a podcast about about an actual live game. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah. So, or hopefully they play maybe in the playoffs. That would be sweet too. That'd be nice That'd be if they nice just played in a bowl game against each other. That's never happened. Yeah, I know. I wonder why. Mm. All right. Well, we're running out of time here, so um, we're gonna we're gonna call it, but. Um, if you don't mind, if you're listening, make sure to subscribe and share the podcast so it gets around. And currently, we're still only on Spotify, and there's a couple of different ones that you can listen to us on. But 
Um, I've never even heard of them. So Spotify is um, the main one. Yeah, Spot Spotify is the main one. So hopefully we'll get on Apple. Yeah, and we'll let we'll let our viewers know as soon as that happens. I'll be posting that on the Instagram stuff. So if you just listen um, on Apple, at least you'll have quite a few episodes you can listen to when it is on. All right. Well, we'll see you next week around the same time.